This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleeping peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Well, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, and the civilians serving by their side, we welcome you into the big tent of Valor Radio once again here as uh, we are now in the throes of green winter, is what we call it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the grass is growing like crazy. I got out there and mow it. Uh, but boy, is it, it as, as we record this on Tuesday morning, uh, it is a chilly one. I have uh, Captain Steve Mamano, U.S. Navy retired, in the studio. Paul Simonelli uh, was waylaid on the way back from wherever he was, touring Europe and the subcontinent. There you go. Uh, to cheering crowds. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good, good to see you, Steve. You thanks, too. Thanks for coming in here. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to, if you'll pardon the expression, soldier on today. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, actually, Paul did get back, but then we got a text right before we sat down to record the show and he's got car trouble. And uh, what we're going to start doing uh, with this episode of Valor Radio is we're going to start asking for folks to open their hearts and their <laughs> wallets. And let's take up a collection for the colonel to get a new car. Oh. I think we need to replace oh, oh, oh. that. I, I know he's very attached to the 1953 Studebaker yeah. Champion. It's the color. It's like an army it green. It's it's olive drab, and that's where you can't let go of it. And he we, wanted to put a star on the side of his his vehicle, but we wouldn't let him. We keep uh, pointing out to him that you can get cars in that color. You can have the car painted. You could get like something, right. something relatively modern, but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's why you've got the. Uh, um, the captain and the civilian today. There you go. So uh, you got a, came in with a whole bunch of show prep, which I'm really glad to see. Well, uh, <laughs> a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, Paul, Paul sent me some items, and uh, we were going to talk about them this morning as well. All right. Uh, who wants to go first here? Uh, you've, uh, well, why don't you tell the story? I, I want to hear this. This is, a good, this is a good story to start the day with. Yeah. Uh, this came from our good friend uh, Roger, uh, one of our uh, regular listeners. And Roger's a great supporter of the radio station. We appreciate that. But he sends this thing, uh, and uh, the uh, title of this is At Least One Was Thanked for His Service. So uh, we read uh, Roger's email here. As a vet from that time, Anne Margaret is more than just a picture and a walkthrough. This is from a Vietnam veteran's wife. Richard, my husband, never really talked a lot about his time in Vietnam. That's typical, by the way. I I find that if you try to get him to talk about his service. I uh, didn't talk about his time in Vietnam other than that he had been shot by a sniper. However, he had a rather grainy 8 and eight by 10 black and white photo he had taken at a USO show of Anne Margaret with Bob Hope in the background that was one of his treasures. A few years ago, Anne Margaret was doing a book signing at a local bookstore. Richard wanted to see if he could get her to sign the treasured photo, so he arrived at the bookstore at 12 o'clock for the 7.30 signing. When I got there after work, the line went all the way around the bookstore, circled the parking lot, and disappeared behind a parking garage. 
Before her appearance, bookstore employees announced that she would sign only her book and no memorabilia would be permitted. Richard was disappointed, but he wanted to show her the photo and let her know how much those shows meant to lonely GIs so far from home. And Margaret came out looking as beautiful as ever and as second in line, so he waited seven and a half hours. Amazing. It was soon Richard's turn. He presented the book for her signature and then took out the photo. When he did, there were many shouts from the employees that she won't sign that. Richard said, I understand. I understand. I just want her to see it. So Anne Margaret took one look at the photo. Tears welled up in her eyes, and she said, This is one of my gentlemen from Vietnam, and I most certainly will sign his photo. I know what these men did for their country. I love that. And I've always had time for, quote, my gentlemen. With that, she pulled Richard across the table and planted a big kiss on him. (laughs) A kiss from Anne Margaret. From Anne Margaret. Uh, She then made quite a to-do about the bravery of the young men she met over the years, how much she admired them, and how much she appreciated them. There weren't too many dry eyes among those close enough to hear. She then posed for pictures and acted as if he was the only one there. Later at dinner, Richard was very quiet. When I asked if he'd like to talk about it, my big, strong husband broke down in tears. Quote, that's the first time anyone ever thanked me for my time in the Army, he said. Oh, jeez. That was, a, a, that was a, an unfortunate time. Richard, like many others, came home to people who spit on him and shouted ugly things at him. That night was a turning point for him. He walked a little straighter and, for the first time in years, was proud to have been a vet. I'll never forget Anne Margaret for her graciousness and how much that small act of kindness meant to my husband, the Vietnam vet. Too many times we find actors and actresses to be self-centered and not caring about the people they come in contact with. But when it comes to grace and feelings, she's one of the best. She is. Isn't that a beautiful story? That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love that story. And, uh, you know, um, I, I uh, was uh, involved with the um, honor flight program for a couple of years when I first got out of the Navy. And uh, uh, back then we were doing mostly World War II guys because uh-huh. uh, that was what the whole thing was about because they knew the World War II guys were, were passing on uh, in large numbers. But um, uh, I noticed uh, just uh, in the last couple of years that, that much more of the – of the uh, many more of the seats that are occupied on those flights are, are for Vietnam vets. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to really get them out and show them how much we appreciate them because it's up until now, they've, they've been completely overlooked and now they're finally, finally getting the recognition they deserve. And it's such a nice thing to see. It really makes a big difference. And I've heard statements from them, the same kinds of statements about, well, no one ever thanked me for my service. No. Well, it, which it, is just unfortunate. We were in a different world back then. And, and you know, much is made of how the high, you know, the, the heights of society are occupied by, by leftists who tend to be anti military uh, these days. You know, uh, uh, academia, law, popular culture, the movies, and so forth. But back then, if you think about it, back in 1973 to 75, it was worse. We had three TV channels, basically news sources, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, all then as now driven by liberal sentiment. And I think it's, I think it's a, a profession that uh, people left of center tend to gravitate towards, that education, uh, law, and so forth. And there was, no, there was no talk radio. No. There was no internet. Uh, there was... Basically, you took the mainstream media line, and uh, that's and and the, the country was brainwashed. Isn't it unfortunate too? Because a lot of the 
reporters that were covering the war um, uh, were uh, of that, uh, you know, Korea World War II generation, a lot of them. And you, you would think that they would be a little more um, supportive of what we were trying to do. But um, down when you come right down to it, um, they weren't. I mean, people think that Walter Cronkite was this rock of conservatism. Oh, no. He, he really no. wasn't. In fact, uh, did you know that uh, that Cronkite actually uh, was interested in being McGovern's running mate in 72? Wouldn't surprise me. The, 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 the only reason why it didn't happen was because the Democrats never knew it and never approached him. They probably, if they had approached him, he would have he would have set, definitely signed on to do it. He, they, it came out after he died that Cronkite was really... Very, very much uh, anti-war from the beginning. Oh no! I mean, you, if you go back and look at broadcasts, you can see it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's very clear. And uh, and of course, the news, the the print, the newspapers, right? Uh, oh, the print, that was forget it. Relentless. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, you think back to like, uh, oh boy, it was Walter Winchell, and who was the other? Uh, who was the other big radio commentator back then in the late? 40s? Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was anti. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's it's actually better than it ever has been if you think about the mm-hmm. multiplicity of media voices and the fact that you know they they would never get away with that with that. Did Vietnam you know Walter stuff. Winchell lost his son in the Marine Corps? I did not know. Yeah, that. Yeah, lost him in I think it was an an accident. I want to say it was a I don't know if it was a grenade explosion or something like that. But his son was killed in training in the Marine Corps. Maybe that's why. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really soured him on the whole. The whole military thing, and you can understand why. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why people are the way they are. Um, Andy Rooney um, uh, hated uh, George Patton. He will tell you flat out that how much he despised. He says Patton was a bad guy. He, he he used to say that, you know, habitually that Patton was a bad guy because because Andy Rooney covered Patton with stars and stripes in World War II. But Andy Rooney definitely had a bias, and but at least he didn't hide it. These guys today, they just, you know, they would have you think that they're, you know, objective. Well, <laughs> yeah, unless you're watching Chuck Todd. He doesn't try, oh, to, have, doesn't try to tie it any. He's uh, getting I, worse. I don't, uh, I don't. I, I don't watch the Sunday morning no. news shows. Don't, don't do it's, it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. just like He's a, the heir to... Uh, Tim Russert, huh? Yeah, so, yeah. Isn't that okay. something? Okay, well, he, he, he wishes. Yeah. Oh, well. So, um, do you want to jump into the next one, or yeah, do you want to go to the break? Well, why don't we go to break right now, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll turn the uh, turn the proceedings over here to Steve a little bit more as we continue our conversation without Colonel Paul Simonelli with his broken-down olive drab Studebaker. Love letters straight from your heart. Keep us so near while apart I'm not alone in the night 
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. What a crazy couple of years we've had. Everybody's fighting. Inflation is causing all kinds of havoc. We have people on television, on radio, telling us how much we should hate other people because they think differently than you do. We all need to sit back for a moment and just take a breath. Remember what we like about others, not what makes us mad about them. Most times I feel like we all want what's best for our families in America, but we just have different ways of going about it. My mother had a way of just taking a simple pleasure, like taking a bite from her favorite sandwich and saying, ah, this is good. For me, the Orioles may have a winning season. This is good. Oh, if you feel you want to talk about your current investment planning, estate planning, or life insurance, we're right in Penfield at AM Ginsburg Advisory Group, 585-377-4720. I feel better already. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., AM Ginsburg Advisory Group, and Securities America companies are separate entities. Join Abate Monroe County, American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. I right, let's do a little nostalgia here just for laughs. And now a public service announcement. Survival in the nuclear age is a personal responsibility. Are you prepared? (laughs) Mommy! Mommy! Mommy, I fell down and cut my arm. Look! Now, Johnny, you sit right here. I'll get the first aid kit and fix your arm. Lucky for us, I listened to some good advice and packed all the first aid items in one box. It comes in handy for emergencies like this. Right you are, Mother. In the day-to-day emergencies or great national disasters, preparedness pays off. Take the first step today. Assemble all the necessary medicines, bandages, a few extra towels, baking soda, safety pins, and razor blades. Wrap them in a moisture-proof covering and place in an easily carried box. 
it's a good idea to store your first aid kit in the home shelter. So no matter what happens, from Johnny's cut to a nuclear attack, you and your family will be ready. Remember, a strong defense begins with a prepared family and ends with a protected nation. Yeah. Be prepared. Assemble your emergency first aid kit today. So the questions that I have are, what do you do with the safety pins and the... Uh... The diaper. It's a red diaper, I, I guess. Yeah. They had cloth diapers back then. Yeah, I, I guess. Or or maybe you have to, you know, like uh, Richard Burton in The Longest Day, they had a safety pin his leg together. Remember, remember that? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Okay. But, I mean, razor blades and, uh, okay. Wrapped uh, in. What, what do you do with that during in a nuclear attack? What's that? I don't understand. I, I don't know. I, I just it, I just keep thinking of the day after. Remember that? Remember that movie about the. The, the the nuclear attack in Kansas in uh, remember that you back I in the, on the beach ne- Neville yeah, uh, oh on the beach was another good one that's another great uh, spooky movie oh very spooky Neville Shute wrote that book I, I wrote the book I read the book as well really and uh, it's it's a very eerie thing it, and Fred, that, Fred Astaire was fantastic in yeah, that yes he was and he didn't dance at all no but uh, he did race <laughs> the, the world is ending yeah. not a time to dance no. Wow, yeah, well, those were some scary times, weren't they? Yeah, but uh, that was uh, an actual air check of WSAY, I like uh, which, which was a pop music station in Rochester through the 1970s. It was owned by an eccentric guy, Gordon P. Brown, and that's where a lot of guys, not me, but a lot of guys started in this business. They would go there and work for a minimum wage. The the guy that was our uh, adjutant at our in our VFW post, Tony Farisi, for, since 1946... Was was the adjutant for that post? Tony Farisi uh, did a uh, radio show on WSAY. It was a fifteen minute veteran spot that he did every day uh, during the week before the ball game, before the Red Wing game. Oh wow! And uh, he, I mean, I, and I had a chance to you know uh, write him up for the uh, uh, the Hall of Fame, the um, Armed Forces Hall of Fame for the state of New York. I, got, I wrote his package up and he got approved and. Uh, and we were real happy to be able to deliver that to him before he passed on a few years ago. Mm. He was a great guy, and he and he was a legend on on radio. Interesting. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. Yeah, fantastic but, uh, guy. You would have liked him. All right. So you got some things that you want to pass along I, to the I do. Uh, uh, Paul sent folks. me this one. Uh, apparently, the uh, New York National Guard is on its way home after training ninety six hundred Ukrainian troops. Now. You could you could say what you will about the mission and whether we should be there or not, but the guys who are doing and gals who are executing the mission are doing a phenomenal job, yes, as usual. And uh, ninety six hundred Ukrainian troops were trained uh, by Task Force Orion, which is one hundred forty soldiers of the twenty seventh Infantry Brigade Combat Team, which is based in Syracuse, New York. They train Ukrainians in the use of fifteen different weapon systems. Um, at a base called, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Yavariv. I'm not sure where that is. But from April to December of uh, 22, they train these um, soldiers in the use of U.S. weapons and equipment, of which there is quite a bit you know, the predominant, laying around these predominant days. Predominant what they, what they have to use. That's correct, yeah. So uh, kudos and uh, bravo Zulu, as we say in the Navy, to the uh, New York National Guard for uh, doing a, a bang-up job. I think they did a turnover up in Germany, Grafenwehr, Germany, and they're on their way back, and um, I think they're coming in uh, pretty soon, or they've already arrived. So bravo to those guys. Let's welcome them home. Yeah, absolutely. 
<clears throat> then the other uh, item, uh, Paul Semi, was um, there was a recently a vote uh, by the U.S. Senate to confirm the new head of benefits at the uh, Veterans Administration, a fellow named Joshua Jacobs. And the reason um, why this is controversial is because uh, Senator Grassley held up the vote uh, to block his nomination because of what the, he called a, quote, lack of transparency by VA in answering questions, unquote. So I don't, and I don't know what that's about. A but government agency not being cooperative? <laughs> in a not pro- being transparent? What? Say it ain't so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, was a, uh, it passed by a vote of 74 to 25 to confirm him, so he's now in the job. So uh, I guess we'll find out whether he's sincere or not and whether he's going to do the job. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know pretty soon. God knows that the job is needed. <clears throat> right. And uh, the other one I want to talk about is uh, this is just a, on top of the story you, you you started the program out with this is this is going to make you feel even better. I um I got this passed by a, a friend of mine, old, old uh, college chum of mine. He sent this the other day to me. It was a uh, and I never knew about this. Um, it has to do with the Tuskegee Airmen, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually have a Rochester connection to the Tuskegee Airmen. And I'll, really? I'll get to him in a second. In, in nineteen forty nine, which is you know four years after the war ended. The U.S. Air Force held its first ever what they called weapons meet. It sounds like a like a Boy Scout jamboree, but they call it the weapons meet, it, um, which was like their version of Top Gun. For, uh, um, they'd never had one before, and the, 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 the head of the Air Force said, let's do it. Let's get this thing rolling. So they met at, at the future site of what became Nellis Air Force Base in uh, Nevada. Um, they called all these uh, units together and said, "Bring your best guys, and we're going to have a a real uh, you know shootout. See who the best best of this and that uh, in, in the fighter world is, uh, and, it, and, and strike uh, warfare." So, <clears throat> one of the things that happened was they decided, "Well, do we invite these these uh, black guys from uh, Tuskegee?" And I, I always was of the impression that Tuskegee Airmen disbanded after the war. But apparently in 49, they were still around. They were still flying planes. Now, this is interesting because in 1949, they were flying P-47 Thunderbolts, which are obsolete aircraft from World War II. Even though at the end of the World War II in Europe, they were flying P-51 Mustangs. Uh, and So what happened was they, they ended up, you know, it sounds like they ended up giving them back old planes after the war and said, here, uh, take the old stuff. And this is how they were disrespected. Oh so and it's terrible the, the way things were back then. But but things get better. Um, what happened was uh, the 332nd Fighter Group, which was what we consider to be the Tuskegee Airmen, was led by Colonel Benjamin O. Davis, who is a legend in, in the Army, in, the, in, 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 in uh, aviation. He told his four... Uh, uh, pilot contestants that were sent from from his group, quote, if you don't win, don't come back. <laughs> and he meant it. Um, <clears throat> his guys went there with their game face on, and uh, they were up against P-51 Mustangs and something called the P-82 Twin Mustang. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like an, an advanced version of the Mustang. So they're, they were fighting in an inferior aircraft, and in the same competition as the other in folks. old 47s. In, in old P-47 Thunderbolts, uh, in a competition that included aerial gunnery at 12,000 and 20,000 feet. So they're, you know, basically, you're, you know, how, how good you are a shot, 
you know, these are these are single engine air, aircraft. Uh, they did dive bombing, skip bombing, rocket firing, and something called panel strafing, which I assume is a towed target. Um, the three thirty second uh, actually uh, uh, exceeded expectations, and they won the trophy. Of course, they did. Yeah, it was amazing. And what happened was, and if you ever see this trophy, it's almost the size of a man. It's enormous. What happened was the Air Force didn't broadcast that they had won in the end, and they kind of downplayed the whole thing, and the story kind of went away. And the trophy itself ended up in the Air Force Museum in some warehouse. No one ever saw it. Stashed it away. Well, somebody recently found it, polished it up, and it's on display at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio. Did these guys get any recognition at the time at all? I wonder. I don't know. Well, we, uh, we when we come back, I'll just give you a little bit a little bit of a background on our uh, Tuskegee Airmen from Rochester that we lost in World War II. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, Captain Steve Amano, uh, he is here with us uh, on Valor Radio. By the way, before we quick before we go to break, we want to welcome a, a new sponsor here on WYSL Veterans Outreach Center. Uh, thank you very much, Laura Stradley and Joan Vandenberg and the, the rest of the team up there. Uh, great job that you folks do, and we are very pleased to have you present the RPO playing the national anthem every day at noon, seven days a week, and that's sponsored by Veterans Outreach Center, serving those who serve us. We'll be back with more, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Colonel Paul Simonelli back in here. We take up a collection here for him to get a car. A car thumbing a ride right now. Yeah, exactly. You're mis- missing the show, Colonel. That's all right. Just head back home. We'll be right back. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And a little look back once again. This is the WBBF Million Dollar Weekend with Mr. Lee, Leon, Marguerite. Okay, you probably think you know this song, uh, but you don't. I'm going to go back out on the coast where the California girls They talk, they twist. Big hit during the surf craze in the mid-60s for a, a group called the Rivieras, but that was a cover. This is the original. Cool. Joe Jones did this one. Yeah, you talk too much. You, you worry me to death. I remember that. You worry me to death. So uh, we're talking Tuskegee Airmen when we went to break here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we introduced uh, Captain Steve Amano. Yeah, we have we have a, uh, uh, one of our heroes from Rochester who was uh, lost in World War II was Flight Officer Leland H. Pennington, U.S. Army Air Force. He was a, Tuske- a Tuskegee Airman. He was trained at Tuskegee University during the war as a pilot. He flew the P-51 Mustang with the 301st Fighter Squadron of the 332nd Fighter Group, which is you know the which is the Tuskegee Airmen Group. He went missing on 21 April 1945 over the Mediterranean off the coast of Yugoslavia, and his body was never recovered. He uh, is memorialized at Sicily, Rome, uh, um, 
Battle Monuments uh, Commission tablets. Uh, uh, and uh, he, uh, during his time in Rochester, when he lived here, he lived at 8 Alma Place in Rochester. He was awarded the Air Medal with Oak Leaf Cluster and the Purple Heart. And he's ours. Yeah. And, we, uh, we, we lay claim to him. Yeah, we do. He, uh, he married a, a woman named Lucy. And uh, she was, uh, went to live in New Orleans, but uh, he he's a, a Rochester guy, and uh, we we are proud of him. You're talking about the pro- the, uh, the the trophy that the uh, um, uh, Tuskegee Airmen right. won in this 1949 event. The, the name right. of it, the, it's like you said, it was like a campfire. Yeah, the like uh, weapons meet. Weapons meet. Uh, so there's a there's a, a tale that there's some similar facility at the Rochester War Memorial where there's a bunch of things that people never see. Are you well, familiar with that? You know, it, it, that's interesting because the um, the memorial part of the War Memorial, well, <laughs> what, they, what they call the Blue Cross Arena, what we call the War Memorial, yes. is an actual memorial. In the back, there's a, there's a lot of bronze back there. There's in a, the back? In the back of the building. Um, it used to be open to the public. It's not open anymore. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but if you, you know, what you, I went there recently because um, I'm working with the uh, management there to try and uh, um, revise some of the names on the on the uh, tablet. Uh, on the tablet, yeah. To add some people. They're not going to take any names off. They're going to add some, I think. So, gonna, uh, are, are there not misspellings and things well, that need there's correction? Well, some, there's, some, there's some errors in there. I'll, put, I'll just say that. Um, but uh, they did the best they could at the time. But in order to get there, I had to ask for permission for somebody to come and uh, meet me at the front of the building and walk and escort me to the rear. And anybody who comes in from the, from the street who wants to go back and look at the memorial, quote unquote, has to do the same thing. That's wrong. There's no, there's no longer. And it wasn't that way a couple of years ago because I went there with a tablet and I wrote down the names of the of, uh, over a thousand uh, guys who were up on the on the thing over the course of a couple Did, days. Why is this necessary? Do they repurpose the space or something? Or well, because what it is is there's there's the the arena part of the building, and there's all the vendors and all that stuff, and then they they just wanted to say one place, which would be sort of a contemplative area with a there's a, a, a an eternal flame back there burning. There's actual flame that's burning, and there's some. Plaques on the wall to honor the Korean War vets, the, uh, the the Vietnam vets. I mean, there's 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 all kinds of plaques up there to right now to honor uh, veterans, and uh, I think they make an honest attempt to do it. Um, but it is first and foremost a uh, a sports entertainment venue, so uh, you know people don't go there specifically for the the memorial anymore. Although they did when the place was first open, should, should be promoted. It should be promoted, but it's not. Is it, is it, is it readily available to the public? Can you walk in no. and go back? You, you no. Make, like, I, no make, I, that's why I, I asked the other day. In fact, um, somebody that was with me asked the, uh, the escort, uh, can people just come in from the street? And they said, well, yeah, you, you, you can come back and look at the thing, but you have to have somebody take you back there. You can't just walk so in. You have anymore. to make an appointment or something, right? You have to make it like there used to. There used to have the doors open in the back where you could literally just walk in, and you didn't. You couldn't go to the the, the sports part of the building. It, it, is it, it's it's readily accessible. You don't have to walk like through basement corridors or something. To get uh, to. No, it's it's not too difficult to get to. You just have to walk a, a not too long a distance. But the problem is you have to be escorted, so the public is not inclined to do it. 
Is this out of fear that it's going to be desecrated or not treated I, with respect? It probably is. Uh, you know, and you know something? I understand their sentiment. Yeah, I get that. I, I could see it happening, and it would be an awful thing if it did. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but there's actual, you know, there's actually a, a plaque up there. I think of the dedicated to the uh, the four chaplains. I don't know if you heard the story about the the chaplains that went down at sea. And, and why, why don't you share it with us? Well, the <laughs> now you're gonna you're gonna put me on the spot. There were four uh, military chaplains that went down on uh, um, what was the ship. Uh, the Dorchester, uh, SS Dorchester, went down in the North Atlantic. I think it was sunk by a, a U-boat or something in World War II. And what it kind had, of ship was that? It was a troop ship. Troop ship. Okay. And it had uh, chaplains aboard. It had a chaplain of the uh, two chaplains, I think, of the Protestant faith, one Catholic chaplain, and a Jewish uh, rabbi. And they, sounds like the opening line of a joke. No, they it, walk into a bar. It, well, you know something. It was. It's one of those stories that people, when they hear it, they go, "Wow, I never knew that." The four chaplains uh, went down at sea with with all the other troop, uh, troops that went down on that particular convoy, and uh, there's a uh, um, witnesses uh, that will attest to the fact that uh, when the ship was going down and those men were in the water, the four chaplains congregated together and prayed while they were sink well, they, while they were they were sinking and while they were drowning. And it was pretty uh, powerful stuff. Uh, there's a plaque that has the, the faces of the four chaplains. And if you go online and just do uh, query four chaplains World War II, the Dorchester story will come up. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's great. But yeah. uh, it's uh, so it's it's heartening to hear that the restrictions or the limitations on access to the War Memorial part of the Rochester War Memorial uh, is not – it's not being restricted out of probably some anti-war sentiment. No, like no, it's not. I think they're doing it with the best of intentions. But there's uh, the, the person that asked the escort about it, when, when as soon as the escort said, you know, somebody will, will have to take you back, he looked at me and I looked at him like, nah, that's not good. In fact, he mentioned not good. Because he he's a veterans advocate and he wants to see access. So do I. So maybe the cure to all of this is for all you folks listening out there <clears throat> to call up the War Memorial and make appointments and go see this. Does it have a name or is there the? Well, it's the um, it's the honor roll. The honor roll. Okay. Just so say I want to go see the honor roll. Uh, it's in bronze uh-huh. and it's it's enormous. It's I mean it covers the wall. It, it's got over a thousand names on it. And uh, it's worth seeing because uh, those are our our boys, you know, and uh, they deserve they deserve to, to to not be in a closet somewhere or forgotten. And kudos to you for you know your effort in in getting this thing corrected and addenda made to it. Yeah, well, there you know I I, I was contact Paul actually was instrumental in in contacting some people over there and getting it started. So I'm happy to do it uh, if we can get it done and. Uh, I think we're moving in that direction. I think there's a willingness and a desire by the powers that be right now to fund any kind of upgrade to make it a better, uh, rep- more representative uh, memorial. I know it's a chore. You got to go park in the Civic Center garage, probably. Yeah, it is. And, it is and then, you, then you got to hike, you know, across the windswept uh, reaches of that that. Uh, I don't know, Soviet-looking-like court in the front yeah, of the city-county complex. Park on the street where those nasty meters are. Oh, the, the those r- things are R two D twos. Yeah, those are awful. Those are those meters are the worst. A lot of them don't and function. Only, you, you can only uh, park for two hours, right? And then you gotta like you gotta skedaddle because you'll write your ticket. So I was in there, uh, 
you know, I, I got there early, and then I was looking at the clock like, well, I better get back and you know, move my car. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, oh. but it's worthwhile, and we should all do it. We should get down there. I, and see I agree. The, and see the honor roll at the Rochester War Memorial, which is what uh, we refer to that facility as in perpetuity on this radio station. going to bump out here with Ike and Tina Turner's backup group, the Ikeettes, and uh, more Valor Radio to come on the WYSL stations with without the colonel, unfortunately. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the AM Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, 1975. The legend lives on from the down up the big lake, they call it Sugar Man. 
Yeah, we've lost Evan, uh, Evan Fitzgerald. Uh, we've lost Gordon Lightfoot. Um, 84. A real loss, too. A lot of hits. Long long life, though. Yeah. Let's uh, take our hats off to him. Played, played him a lot on Canadian radio because he was... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You did, didn't yeah, you? Canadian, uh, Canadian born. Along with uh, the, the, the Guess Who and... Uh, and who else? Blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, <laughs> um, Paul Anka. Oh, Paul Anka. That kills me. Yeah, he was born in Ottawa. I, I did not know that. Yeah. This uh, family had a restaurant, I think. Isn't there. that something? Yeah. yeah rest in peace, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Well, you know, we're talking anniversaries. We're, we're, we're in the month of, uh, of month of May, which is 78 years uh, on from the Battle for Okinawa, which we've been talking about since April. It went from 1 April... 1945 to 22 June 1945. And we had uh, quite a few Rochester sons perish in that uh, part of the world. What did you say, 54? Is that what 54, it yeah. That's the number. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about a, about half a dozen more uh, just in the time we got left here. Um, I'm going to go through them one by one. First one is Private First Class Sam Colombo, U.S. Army Air Force. He's 19 years old. He was a photographer with the 1st Army Air Force Photo Reconnaissance Squadron. Uh, He he was killed um, by non-battle causes after the war ended. What they call DNB, died of non-battle injuries. He was killed on um, 1 December 1945 in Okinawa, which was after hostilities ceased, but before the 31 January 46 cutoff for World War II uh, you know, for credit in World War II, if you want to call it that, or liability, or I don't know, I don't know what the term is. But um, before the war, he lived with his parents at Seven Short Street in Rochester, and he's buried at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery. I don't know how he died; probably some accident. Um, you know, that's usually what happened. Was Truck what ha- accident, look or what happened to Patton? Look what happened to Patton, right? Although Patton didn't die right away, it took him a month to die. Very strange. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't want to wade into the conspiracy theories here. Yeah, but it's just, you know, it's really sad. Uh, you know, he, he had such a, uh, a remarkable life, and to have it end that way. And, um, and you know, the thing is also as tough as his wife was there with him. Right. It was a, he, was, he was sitting up in bed, and he was in great spirits and everything else. And, and uh, he, he said goodnight to his wife, and she left. and That was it. And uh, then she got the phone call. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he had a halo on, too, which is... Just terrible thing. His neck was broken, and it was just an awful way for a guy like that to. And you know something? He never wanted any um, uh, uh, court martial to occur for the the, the, the private, the, the private re- responsible for the accident. He he stipulated, he insisted that that soldier not be court martialed for and didn't, that. Didn't he somewhat disappear after the incident? I you know, mean, I don't know the story. I don't know. Yeah, the nobody story. knows anything about him. Is he, that right? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was kind of like a T-bone accident. It was, and uh, Patton was riding in the back of his, you know, staff his, car, his big yeah. Packard, yep. a staff car, and, yeah. and uh, was it some some kind of was it a half track or something? I ran into him. Yeah, but, I think it was a, 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 and I think it was a deuce and a half or something. Yeah. It was a big heavy vehicle that hit him. Um, but uh, it was, you know, he's totally at fault, the, the kid driving it. But uh, Patton insisted, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, that's part of his leadership style. He he would not want to have had a, a, an accident like that ruin somebody's life. 
and he uh you know he he was happy to just you know go go off into the sunset and he did and you he's think, a legend. You so. think about if uh, if that Packard had had the restraints that we have today, yeah. he, 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 I know. He, I know. He, he probably would have had contusions. Even a seatbelt, you never know. Um, the next one is uh, Seaman First Class Edward Francis Daniels, U.S. Naval Reserve. Uh, age unknown. I, don't, I, I tried to find out how old he was or more about him. It was, it's one of those things where publicly available information is not uh, uh, plentiful. He was a fire control striker aboard... Um, the destroyer USS Drexler, DD-741. I'll talk about the Drexler in a second. He was killed on 28 May 1945 off Okinawa, the victim of a kamikaze pilot who took the lives of 158 men, including 54 more who were wounded. Um, His body was never recovered. His name is recorded on the Battle Monuments tablets at uh, National Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu. A telegram was delivered to his wife and mother at 788 Hudson Avenue in Rochester. He was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart, and he was a member of Holy Redeemer Parish, which was where I was baptized. Um, Private First Class Robert C. Davenport, U.S. Army, infantryman, was aged 23. He was with the 184th Infantry Regiment of the 7th Infantry Division, killed in action 23 May 45 on Okinawa, he was a veteran of combat in the Marshall Islands and the Philippines. His father lived at 605 Hinchy Road in Gates, uh, and he was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart. Private First Class Roy J. DeMarco, 23, was a U.S. Army infantryman with Company I, Item Company, 383, 383rd Infantry Regiment, 96th Infantry Division, killed in action 10 April 45 on Okinawa. He's buried at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery, Section 13 North, and his parents lived at 125 Box Street in Rochester. An officer, 2nd Lieutenant Donald James Duff, U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, 23 years old. He was with uh, Company E, uh, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division. Killed in action 21 June 1945. That date, uh, I put an exclamation point because the the campaign on Okinawa ended on uh, 22 June. So he's killed the last day, a full day of, of fighting on the on the island. Unfortunately, uh, they secured the island the next day. His parents lived at 53 Fraser Street in the town of Sweden. Uh, he was born in the town of Clarkson. Actually, he was a member of the Nativity Parish in Brockport. He's buried at Mount Olivet Cemetery in Brockport, and he was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart. And finally, Tech 5, Joseph R. Fantazzo, U.S. Army, 24 years old, with the 466th Signal Heavy Construction Company, Armored. He died in a vehicle accident on 9 July 1945 uh, uh, in Okinawa. He's buried in Holy Sepulchre Cemetery. His parents lived at 12 Waite Street in Rochester, and before the war, he was a member of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish, a graduate of Ben Franklin High School. I, I, you know, I, I have to say, Steve, the, the work that you do on all of this is is really stunning. It's, I appreciate uh, it's, that. It's really, it's really, really remarkable, and it's, uh, 
it's valuable information that we, and I've long said that we have to make it a point to not forget these guys. I don't want to forget them. And, that, and that, that was why I did it. That That's why I deliver my little speech, and it's coming up here. You'll hear it on Valor Radio about the Vietnam Veterans Memorial up in Highland Park. We'll give as, it again. As we, well, if you, were to, if you were to approach any of these guys, and we got one minute left here, so I'm not going to give this much uh, as much attention as it deserves but if you you could talk to them and you could say what what can, what can i do for you you're not going to get to sit out on the porch and barbecue with the family and and see your kids and see your grandkids nope uh they're they're gonna say almost to a man i would believe don't forget about me just make sure i don't get forgotten just don't be forgotten and that's that's why the vietnam veterans memorial is so perfect it's such a, an incredible concept beautifully executed and so mm-hmm. go up there and adopt a guy like we did. I think that's the way to do it. And we, ado- we adopted this guy, uh, and uh, he's from Livonia, and he was killed in action in 1970. And uh, we put a, you know, we put parade flags on his little bollard there. You're not supposed to attach things to the bollard, but there's room for you to put things on the ground. Right. And, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep, and, there, and all the information is there. You know that the high school he graduated from, and mm-hmm. and uh, years, and whether he's uh, MIA, KIA, and uh, how old he was, and and so forth. So so make it a point to get up to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. There you go. Uh, this uh, this uh, as we and that's what, and that's what Valor Radio is dedicated to uh, remembering. And Absolutely, we're, we're we're here to remember and to honor the people who serve in uniform, the first responders. And the active duty folks who were out there doing their duty, Captain Steve Amano, U.S. Navy retired. Thanks for uh, thanks for stepping up today. Ah, thank you, doing the program. Great job as always. See you next time, Paul. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll be taking up that uh, that collection for your uh, a car to replace the Studebaker, so that you can get here and and do the show with us because we miss you. We'll be back next week with another Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money, there's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway.